Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlatt. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. Here again is Keith Holmes, my friend and colleague in ministry. Hi, Keith. How you doing? Hey, J.D. Doing well, thank you. Yeah, thank you very doing, much. Thank you very much. Doing Keith is, very well. Keith is the um, director of mission and small group activities here at uh, Dundee Presbyterian Church. We've been talking about the book of Genesis. This is our final installment of the book of Genesis. We're not going to take you all the way through all 50 uh, chapters, but we're going to get you through the Joseph narrative today. If you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, you know that this is a very involved, intricately, wonderfully written narrative. Last week, we concluded with the question of picking at knots or cutting them off. Remember that? Oh, yes. I hope you've all had time to consider and maybe even executed in your life one or the other. And, uh, you know, reconciliation, that's kind of where we are right now. And we're not talking about literal knots. We're talking about relationships. You can cut them off and be done with them. You can take relationships and cut cut them off like they're a knot and throw them in the trash and be done with them for the rest of your life. Lots of people do this. It's an easy road. It's very simple. That doesn't require much of us. But picking at the knot, that requires... A lot. And it's it's just wearisome thinking about it for some of us. I mean, you know, it's just, how do I do this? You know, why, God, why? Why can't I take the easy road? Please, (laughs) God, let me just cut the knot off. Yeah, God is always very much about difficult roads, long roads, work. And and because I think think it reminds me, because I'm such a checklist kind of guy, boy, I got saved, check. Right a and a married check, right. and now, but no, salvation becomes at that point sanctification. How do I grow in my walk right. with the Lord every day? Right, and because it's no check, there's no there's there's no checking that box. It's every day you check. At the end of the day, can you check that box? If, I don't know. If there's a checklist, God's the one who's got yeah, the he's checklist. Got the- <laughs> He's you, the one with the list, gang. Not you, us. You have you do not have the checklist. And and so we've been talking about this narrative where Joseph was sold into slavery. And you, you gotta listen to the other episodes. We've had a lot of fun with it. We've really hopefully we've done it justice and talking about the reconciliation, this difficulty in this family. Joseph with his ten older brothers, and then also with his younger brother, um, Benjamin, and uh how we've progressed in this story. Um was there ever a time, speaking of pick, picking at knots, I always want to ask whether or not there was a, a knot that you picked at that you actually unraveled. You got to that point where it's like, I don't think this is going to work. Oh, my goodness, it did. It did. You know? yeah, that, uh, and then, we're, again, we're not talking about, about knots. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about events in our lives where, you know, I, I'm just going to, you know, I'd ask the question, what's your most I never thought that could ever happen or would ever happen moment? You know, I, I think I can answer that in general, and I know what you mean where you meet somebody and you hear their story. Maybe you weren't there yourself, mm-hmm. but you hear their story, and, and your jaw is on the floor. Like, right. I have a friend of mine, by the way, one of my best friends, good mutual friend. I, will, I knew you, right me, I knew you know where I'm who going. you were talking. I knew immediately who, you, who you're been, talking about. Who's been arrested five times in, for dealing drugs. Right. And he was a drug addict. Yep. An alcoholic, drug addict, all this kind of stuff. And now he's one of the strongest Christians I've ever to, known. Uh, he puts me to shame. I, I, he's and, just and filled I, with joy all the time. Oh, like, my gosh. Almost like to the point where you're like, shut up already, okay? <laughs> I, 
and, and that's tra- just you, dude. That's yeah, just you. The transformation, and he's not the only example. No, no, by no means is he the How only example. How could that example. possibly happen? How could God make something out of, make this out of that? Right? Have it, you ever, you, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. Here, And, and he happily tells you from where right. he came because right. he understands the grace that was given to him. Right. The joy of the gift. Exactly. But then I think about this question, and I, you know what, I I think about the Grand Canyon. God made that out of dirt and water. Yep. And if you've ever seen it, it, you stand there, everybody praises God when they see that. It's just so majestic. Right. It's like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Well, of course you didn't. You haven't been there for the last billion years or whatever. (laughs) But still, you would never think. Yeah. How, how this... God came into being, and that's a monument to what God does. Absolutely. You were talking about the word sanctification, yeah. which is the process of growing and becoming a Christian. And yeah. It is very much like the, the Grand Canyon a it's River. It's a slow, crooked yeah. trip, what man. Is that, the Colorado River? Colorado that, River, yep. that wa- or yeah. water. Snake or River, Colorado, that, all of them. That, that, that whole area is just littered with yeah. those kinds of canyons that just take time, and sometimes it... it, it it, it just takes a lot longer than we think. Clearly, God is about us, wants us to get to that point where, where we say to ourselves, wow, I never saw that happening. Yeah, right? I didn't think that was possible. I think God <laughs> likes it when we, you know what I'm saying? Because it's a realization that it, it's hit from him. It's, whoa, God. And, and not only what you did, I never saw it. Right. I didn't think it was, I never yep. even saw it. Coming at all? Never, never, in my, in, never crossed my mind. Clearly the thought never it crossed my mind. God to have His people come to that conclusion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ought to. We do it enough. Right. At least in my life, I've done it enough. He just must sit there and go, "Yeah, you still haven't figured it out yet." In a minute, but, in a minute, Keith is going to read to you from Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15, and this is really the end of the the Joseph narrative. And there's going to be. A, a real incredible reconciliation in the midst of, of these 12 brothers, this broken relationship that they have. Mm-hmm. But before that, we know where we left off. Benjamin, the youngest brother, Joseph's full, only full brother, the yep. other 10 are, are half-brothers. Joseph's own brother, the youngest, was uh, framed by Joseph. Yes, set up. So he was set up to look like he was stealing a silver cup. And so they all go back with Joseph. Or go back to Joseph yep. with Benjamin, and he, Benjamin appears to be guilty. Yes. He's not. But there's just overwhelming evidence at right. this point, right? He's yeah. got the silver cup in his possession. Yep. Joseph set him up in Judah, the fourth brother, yep. who promised his dad that he would bring Benjamin home. Judah comes to Joseph, not knowing that it's Joseph. Mm-hmm. And Judah says... Basically, and I know Benjamin's guilty, but you can't take Benjamin. Take me in his place. So he offers Joseph his own self in right. place of Benjamin. To be a slave. He says, take me as a slave. This is what happens at the end of chapter 44. Mm-hmm. He's saying to Joseph, not knowing that it's Joseph. Yep. He can't recognize Joseph. None of them have ever been able to recognize that this is Joseph. Yep. Joseph knows it's them the whole time. Right. He knows that it's Judah. Yep. And Judah... Is the one who led the way in was, selling him into slavery. I was going to say, I, I was just going to, you beat me I'm to sorry. it, because I was just going to say that. Here he is. Man, talk about your 180s. Talk about that repentant spirit. I'm so sorry I did that to No, you. no, 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 no. Of, of, of doing that, of, of saying, uh, here's a guy 
that said, wait a minute, let's not kill him. Let's make some money. I got me an idea. I got an idea. So he goes from this guy who's got an idea of, of let's make some money off of this guy. We never have to see him again because slavery in Egypt means only one thing. It's a death sentence. I get to go home tonight completely shed of his blood because it isn't me that's going to kill him. Right. And I mean, to this, look, I know what this is. I'm sentencing, sentencing myself to death as a slave now. Right. To, right. To, to see that picture, that glorious, wonderful picture of, of substitutionary atonement. atonement. It really it, is. It, it's just... Right. Uh, what a wonderful picture of so what's to come. Judah, you're exactly right. Uh, Judah is the one who led the way to sell Joseph into yeah. slavery, and now he becomes the one to stand up for Benjamin, yep. not knowing that he's talking to Joseph. Yep. It is a remarkable transformation. But Keith, what's, Ju- what's Joseph going to do? Judah makes this great appeal, this deal where he's like, no, 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 no. Benjamin's guilty. Yep. He deserves to die. He yep. deserves to be cast into a prison or, a, or as a slave. Right. Take me in his place. Yep. We certainly see Christ on these pages. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. So, so then I'm going to read 45, 1 to 15, and I want you to be thinking about this, uh, J.D. and the audience that is listening. What does Joseph conclude after hearing his brother's or Judah's speech. So you ask, what is Joseph going to do? Well, let's You're find about to out. Tell us? Let's find right, out. Let's the, is, this is the conclusion here. We go. This is Genesis 45, 1 to 15. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into slavery. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have, I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother's Benjamin's neck and wept while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. What a scene. Wow. 
what an amazing scene of reconciliation. Yeah. Just, you know, Judah, I think that was it. That was the, you know, the old straw that broke the camel's back. That Judah's speech re- made Joseph realize that, yeah, these men had changed. They had done the 180. They had, they had come full. They'd come around and said, I, we messed up. And, you know, we talked about this over the last couple of weeks, too, that, that scale of 1 to 10. Obviously, Joseph has reached 9, 9 and a half, 10, right? right? Right now that God has done this. Right. He sees what God has done. Yeah, exactly. And Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. They, they, they owe it to him, don't they? Don't, I mean, they owe, they owe this speech to him, Judah's speech. They owe it to Joseph to say, I'll stand in Benjamin's place. Right. Does that make sense? I wonder, yeah, and I also wonder if all of them were nodding or saying, no, take me, you know, or I like, or, you know, kind of poised to say, if Judah doesn't make it, then I'm going to go up. I'm going to take the, you know, because I think it Judah just represents the other brothers at yeah. that point in the story. I think, I think that they probably were all very much, certainly Reuben, would right. have been ready to stand in his place, right? And and allow, allow and Judah uh, was standing, and in his Judah place. was standing there saying, "Look, take me." Don't, don't <laughs> Simeon, take me. of course, is yeah, probably Simeon saying, like, Let's, "When do we well, go home?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, looking over his shoulder at the door, exactly. you know, like you guys. I hope he takes one of you. It hurts to laugh, but, uh, but um, you know the story. I think about Keith. It, this causes me to, to remember, and, and this is a central story to my life and, the, and to many others, and that's the thief on the cross, where mm. Jesus is crucified between two bandits, we're told, and, and the one mocks Jesus right. and says, oh, come on, Jesus, you're, yep. you're the son of God, save yourself and, and us. me. And me, right, yeah. and me, yeah, save us. And, and then the other uh, criminal... Uh, says, uh, you know, tells the guy to shut up and says, you know something, we deserve what we got. Right. We deserve to be crucified. This guy's innocent. And then he says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I think about that story is because Judas Judah makes this appeal. He says, I know Benjamin's guilty. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he's also saying, I know we're guilty for what we did to Joseph, to right. you, Joseph. Yeah. We deserve this. Um, take... You know, and, and Benjamin Benjamin deserves this. Take me in his place. You know, set him free. Remember yeah. me. You know, let him experience the kingdom. Right. Bless him with freedom. All yeah. this kind of stuff. And you're right, Joseph. That's it. That's the straw that breaks the camel's back. It is the it, Joseph finally sees and hears and feels what he wants, and that leads me all to Jesus being in the same position as Joseph. Having power over all, being Lord over all, having resources for us that only he can have. And yet, what is it that we have to do, like the thief on the cross? What do we owe Jesus? Not that we can earn our salvation at all, because we can't. The only way Benjamin gets saved is if Joseph just decides by grace to save Benjamin. Let it go. Just like it is with us. Right. This is the only way any of us can be saved is if God, if it's it's God's mercy and God's grace. And yet there is something like the thief on the cross and like Judah that we need to do here. Right. We need to say that we need to... We need to confess something. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It, Confession it, it, it is... It just tears my heart. You know? Well, I mean, it's that it's that ex- acceptance of the fact that we're sinners. That, that you know, I, I, I hearken back to, you know, I didn't do this. 
but I did do something to deserve this. Yeah. That moment where it's, you know, I am guilty. It may be not of this, but I know what I did. And I'm going to, I I now know I have to pay the price. And the best thing about Jesus, of course, is he says, no, you don't. I did that already. I got you covered. I got you covered. Right. I know. But but we have to, we have to, and certainly I am in this story at the moment, right? We talk about that all the time. How are you in the story? Have you been there? Have you gotten there? Are you going, is this making sense? Are you in the story now that, hey, you know what? It may not be this that you did. But you did do something, right? And you're in, and there is a time where you have to confess, you have to admit it, right? That you are, yeah. who you are the kingdom of plenty yeah. and the kingdom of blessing. In this story, is Egypt, right. and the purveyor of that, the Lord of that, is Joseph. That's in this story, right? In our story, the kingdom of blessing, the kingdom of abundance, is God's kingdom, and the purveyor of that, the Lord of that is Jesus Christ. It's there. Yep. It's there. It, it's established. It's full. It's blessed. It's plentiful. But there, we have to, we have to be open to that. Right. You know, and I'm not going to get into a bunch of theological stuff, but it's, it's always the human being's greatest moment not when they talk about how great they are, but how much they're in need of God. Right. How much they're in need and how much they are in need of grace. That's the human being's greatest moment. That moment of triumph is in our weakness. Exactly. It, it's just, yeah, this is... The, if, you're, if your head... Again, if your head is spinning, good. It should be. Because yeah. this makes no sense to us. Why should I have to admit I'm a sinner? Why should I have to do that? Right. The fact of the matter is, is because... because it's what we have to do. Yeah, it it seems counterintuitive that the blessed way to start with God is to admit how wretched we are. We are. You know, nobody's like, oh, no, I don't, you know, that's no, no, that's the way to life. You know, going back to the original question, I think you covered it pretty good, right? What does Joseph conclude? He concludes that, that they have, in fact, that they're ready. Yeah. Maybe that's the answer. They're ready. But you know something, Keith, with that, the next question for us is, why is Joseph emotional? And right. isn't it great that he is? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, to tell, to tell his... Because this is the... You know, I mean, I've become a father to Pharaoh. I mean, this guy is now oh, beyond yeah. in charge, Power. right? He is it. And for him to dismiss everyone from the room, leaving himself alone with these 11 foreigners... And, and and in this state of weep, I mean, you're no, they've got to know him, right? I mean, the the people that are with him every day, seeing him weeping, the the I'm assuming the mascara of a pharaoh's, you know, Egyptian running, he must have looked like uh, just a me- he looked, he must have looked a mess, right? You right. know, and and here he is. What what is he talking about? What is he right. doing? And right. I mean, the emotional moment that is going on right it here. It says that he cried so loud that they heard him down the street. Yes. You know, they heard yes. him next door in Pharaoh's house. I don't think that, I mean, Pharaoh doesn't have a small place no. for Pharaoh to hear him <laughs> up on the hill somewhere. I mean, he was crying loudly, and it's like, uh, why is he, I want to ask, why is he so emotional? Because he could hear this. And he could stay in Pharaoh mode. Right. He could be like, all right, um, this, you guys, I'm, I'll take uh, this guy as a slave. You guys can all go home. Or I'll just send you guys all home. He can stay, and we can too, in this very dry, very um, 
you know, cerebral place and be afraid of our emotions. Yep. And he's not afraid of his emotions. He's not afraid to, to, to emote and to cry uh, to, and to show that he's feeling that, to let that out, to, to reveal that to his brothers and to anybody else who listens. We're not just talking about Joseph. We're talking about God. We're talking about Jesus. We, this is a picture of Jesus. And Jesus talks about how he weeps over the city of Jerusalem. He, Jesus is depicted as weeping uh, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane before he dies. He's not afraid. He weeps for the death of Lazarus. He's not afraid to emote and to express his love for these these fallen brothers who are us. Us. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And we're also Joseph, if we can get to that point. In my, uh, as you were saying that, it's just like, boy, but what a great picture of me uh, who who has harbored my resentment and my anger and my just, just, because you know in those dark moments when he's in prison, when he's a slave, oh, yeah. how he must detest If I see brother. him, this is, yeah, my, you know, this. I'll oh, say this. How many, how many of us have done that? The, the death scenarios, right? That we have come up with, oh, if I ever see them again or what I'm going to say, what I'm going to oh, do. This is going to be the zinger. This I'll is say it. it just like this that. is it. This is how I'm going to do it. How many times has he gone through that? And here is that moment. And the release of all of those emotions has to come with the release of all of the hatred, resentment, the everything, that moment. I just, because I know, I, I know what that's like in my own life right. when I have said, what am I doing? Right. To... Every pre-prepared speech. Yeah. Every pre-prepared you know, conclusion that he's played out in his mind. I think you're right. He's, he's... he's had it figured out back in the prison. If right. I ever see those guys again. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. He takes all that and throws it in the garbage uh, in the name of forgiving them. Right? What does he think? That's just stupid. Well, like just dumb. Well, let's, like just, you, let's just get sarcastic. That's well, dumb, Joseph. Just, what are you doing? What are you, you, you know? have it. You had it, dude. What you are you doing? Got him in their skin. You got him. You got him by the short hairs. They, their ears by the by the top of their ears. You and got, he lets uh, them. And he lets them go. Uh, and yet, Keith, that is our story. That is our story. God has us in his crosshairs. He's got mm. every reason. Oh, absolutely. And he doesn't do it. In fact, not only does he not pull the trigger, he lets us go. He, and he and he loves us. And he doesn't just let us go. He brings us into the kingdom. Oh, this my is what gosh. Joseph does for his brothers. He doesn't just let them go back to Canaan with That's he right. brings them into his home. Oh. The, if you can't see the heaven here if you can't see jesus here why can't make it any easier right. for you now so here's a great here's my great thought i gotta bring this in because i know you're gonna not i know you're gonna love playing with this question you're one of the brothers okay right. just imagine you're one of the brothers pick one of the brothers that we haven't mentioned before levi you're okay. levi okay and you're here right and joseph gives this speech and he's weeping wildly everybody can hear him down the street I'm Joseph. I'm your brother who you sold, sold into slavery slave. 25 years ago or whatever. Uh, I'm in charge of everything. Come into my house. I, you know, go, all this kind of, bring your father with you. You're, you're Levi. You're listening to all this from this guy that has been, who's been badgering you for these last couple of months or however long. Man, what are you thinking in that moment? What do you? What, what, how do you? Re, how, if you're if you're in that situation, and by the way, Keith has got this wonderful head of hair oh, and this beard. Oh, oh. He looks like one of these guys. Oh my gosh! You know what well, I'm saying? Well, I, I I will tell you, I I actually have been in the show Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I was Simeon. 
Oh, yeah. So I can tell you what I was thinking, right? Uh, Simeon, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not going back to prison. It's my brother Joseph, and, and he's telling me it's going to be okay. I mean, that sense of relief. Levi, Nathalie, any of the ones, like you said, we haven't talked about yet. Just that sense of overwhelming relief and uh, for themselves. That's Like you said, what would you sure. think? My first reaction would be, I'm safe. Right. I'm not going to have to pay. Yeah. I this is my brother right. who's done this. Then of course the next on the heels of that in my own life would be, oh my gosh, it's my brother. Right. That I we messed up real bad with. And and now I want to reconcile with him. Now I want to make it better. What can I do now to show him yeah. that I am truly sorry? But you know something, Keith? There's that the, it makes me laugh because there's got to be this. There's got to be this first moment where Joseph is saying, "Hey, I'm your brother. I'm in charge of everything. And come on and live with my house." There's got to be a moment, however long it was, where one of the brothers or all of them are standing there saying. What is happening? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. What's going on here? What is, happening? What That's is this right. guy talking about? Well, I guess true. Yes, that would be my first but reaction. Like, who is this guy? What's he going on about? But it's all of these things. So right. the first reaction somewhere in there is like, you know, just complete and total bewilderment. And then moving on into some of the things that you talked about beautifully there about, okay, this is my brother. Holy cow. This is an incredible thing that God has done. Look yep. at what he's talking about. This is going how exciting and wonderful this is, filled with warmth and love and all that kind of stuff. Now, we are not, we're, we're talking about Joseph and his brothers reuniting yeah. in Egypt. Right. We're not just talking about Joseph. We're talking about you with Christ in the kingdom. Here you, imagine, have you had this experience, all of you that listen, this, ex, this experience of Christ, not just some sort of intellectual acceptance of the idea that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but this moment where, where, where you have personally experienced Jesus Christ saying, I am your brother. I forgive you. I love you. Come and join me in my kingdom here. I'm in charge of everything. Come on in. If you have experienced that, then you have experienced Christ more than on just an intellectual level. You've experienced Christ on a personal level, and if you have, you know that there was a moment where that happened in that moment, and you were like, what is happening? What? what? How? It's this good? If you know what I'm talking about, yeah. you'll know when I say that, the, the, that amazing grace is amazing because it's just... It's grace. It's grace. It's too it's, good to believe. It's too good. It's, it's just. You know, do you know what I'm ranting oh, about? Oh, absolutely. Here? I know what you're ranting about. I mean, my gosh how how often do we get to say it is nothing I deserve? Because that's my next question. What do the brothers deserve? Right. What do they deserve? Yeah. I. Well, we know the answer to that. Uh, you know what the uh, uh, brothers what the brothers deserve is is not this no right they, they they deserve they don't deserve to come into a kingdom flowing with milk and honey and grain and in housing and, and never have to worry about another thing in their lives by, by the, the sounds of it by the way that reminds me that of, of the note that isn't there in scripture that that people know from research and that is he says come into the land of goshen by the way that was the best part mm -hmm. that was a fertile land and joseph's like come on in and 
in, in setup in in the best spot. Well, because he knows after point. five years it's going to be good again, right? Well, I've got the grain. We got it covered for the next time for the next five years. But man, when this hits, it's yeah. going to be wonderful. Yeah, we're not. Again, we're ta- it, It's a fantastic prophecy. Hundreds of years before Christ, mm. hundreds of years before we come into the kingdom and fall, right. of of what Christ is and what He is to us and what we are. We're one of those twelve brothers, who none of whom deserve any of this, mm. who are being brought in and find out. Imagine, have you found out, Keith? Have you found out that Jesus Christ is your brother? Yeah. You know that. If I ask you. You would say the right thing. Well, Everybody sure. out there that is a believer would say, "Yeah, yeah, Jesus is my brother." But do you know but, what that means? But not only is he my brother, he's the one I betrayed to the cross to die for my sins. Just like these brothers must be experiencing right here. Just it's like just they that, did. Just as they did. It's just that whole idea that this is the brother I sold into slavery. I did this to him. And man, when I think about the fact that he could have let me wallow in that, let me suffer in that, let me be in my own. I mean, he had every prison, right the to. prison of my own making, right? right? Like Reuben. I think of Reuben at that point, the prison of his own making that he didn't do what he knew he had to do, which was stand up for his brother. Tell the other 10, shut up. We're not going to kill him. No, we're not going to do that. I'm the oldest. You're going to do what I tell you to do. Right. He, but, the, but the idea that he just, he just simply lets it go. He just says, look, I'm your brother. And and like you said, I mean, even more amazing, and really, uh, today, I was probably the first time I really thought about it, he says, come into my kingdom. Yeah. I mean, I've read that enough to know, and, and it just kind of glosses over, because that's exactly what he did. He just said, come into my kingdom. But the monumental moment of saying, look, not only do I forgive you, let me heap more on top of you. What a great picture of God in our lives. Yeah, what a if, wonderful it, picture. It is. It's fantastic. If heaven is Egypt, uh, and, it, and it is in many respects, Egypt in this story representing heaven, our, uh, coming into the kingdom to be with Joseph, our Joseph, who is Jesus, then we learn that it's undeserved, uh, that it is a surprise, that w- when it becomes revealed to us, just like the brothers, it's like, holy moly, what in the world is going on? It can't be this good. It's all those things and more. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, because, I, I, you know, here he has been, and this is what I really, I kind of, you know, does Jesus understand me? Does, does Joseph understand me? It, you know, here he is talking through an interpreter, and then all of a sudden he says, everybody leave the room. Well, they probably don't know what he's saying. Right. He might, they might be, the interpreter gets up and starts walking out like, what, wait, where's everybody going? He's, right. And all he says is, the Lord just told us to leave the room with right. you alone. Right. And, and they're like, this is not, this is not good, right? What and then he starts speaking your language. Right. If you don't think Jesus understands you, right. welcome to bro- welcome to the brotherhood, right? Because we all probably have thought that in our lives. God can't love me. He can't understand me. Yes, yes, he can. And not only that, he's going to talk to you through that. In your, in your own language. Yeah. And if you reread what, what uh, Keith read, it's language of love, yep. of forgiveness, of grace, of, and it's emotional. And the last thought, we're going to close up right here. What are all the reasons why the brothers came to Joseph? You know, we could make a list. They came, really, basically, they came to Joseph originally because there was was a famine and they needed grain, and that was it. They came to Joseph not knowing it was Joseph, not knowing that he was even alive, not knowing that he was there, certainly not even imagining that he was in charge of everything. Um, 
they came to him for grain and they received so much more. They received so reconciliation. They received relationship. They received the kingdom. It's amazing. How many of us have come to Christ for something small? Exactly. Right? That's what, that's the, yeah. What a great thought to leave us with. No, no, go with that. No, it, just, we've got just how many, how many, how many, what is right, Jonathan right, going to get mad at yeah, us for going over a few again, minutes? I right? mean, yeah. we're, we're really on to something. But yeah, Kate. I mean, how many of us come to Christ with the idea that, okay, I only need this from you. And then he just heaps that much more on us. If we're willing to open up and, and, and confess and, and accept and just be a part of his family. Yeah, we opened this this uh, episode with what was your most memorable I never thought that could happen moment. That's what the brothers are saying that night. I came to Egypt for this and I holy yes. moly, I found my brother and I'm and we have reconciliation yep. and I'm in the kingdom and and they end up in the kingdom. Yep, they do. They uh, run back, grab Jacob, bring him back down. And all of oh, their wives they, yes. and kids and all of their possessions. Everything. The whole thing. That's the next couple of chapters. We're going to not read that for you, but that's what happens. It's a happily ever after yep. uh, okay. uh, kind of... At least for 400 years. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, it's an amazing event. It just can't... It, again, it blows the mind. How could how could that happen? You make a mistake if you read this story as if it's not happening happening to you. Amen. It is you the, when we read about Joseph and his brothers, we're talking about you in Jesus Christ. So if we can get that, we've got a lot, and we're in that story. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll be back with you for another episode of Megan's Old Office. This concludes our study of Genesis. Read it yourself. What a roller coaster ride. Oh, it's fantastic. It's just been such a great time. Thanks for doing this with us, JD. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week here on Megan's Old Office. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.